Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2021 Director of Virtual Programs for the Metro's DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And I'm Leticia Nyago, Vice President of Learning. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, the 2021 Vice President of Finance. We also have Helena Hodges, Director of Technology and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing award-winning time management blogger, CEO of GetControl.net, and author of the best-selling book, (laughs) The Hamster Revolution for TQ, Mike Song. Welcome, Mike. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, before we jump into our topic on what's your tech type, please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Well, sure. I I was in the corporate world for a a long time and I started to notice that just about everybody was feeling like a hamster running on a wheel, including myself. And I just began to tinker with the technology, I guess you could say. And I decided to invest uh, about a week of uh, continuous time sort of in, in just learning about the tech environment that I was in. And I was shocked at how much I learned in such a short period of time and then I noticed my performance uh, began to rise. Uh, I was on a competitive sales force, uh, you know, for a Fortune 500 company. And, and all of a sudden, I began to sell a lot more and I became more knowledgeable. And I had been probably the least organized person there. Uh, and I went to, from worst to first. I became the most organized person because I really focused on, you know, how do you organize all the digital information? And then how do you work all those things like, Outlook and your smartphone and where do how do you create shortcuts to make everything easier? Um, and so the, the the final result of all of that was that I was asked to go into training to train the entire organization. Uh, and just on a whim, I, I happened to talk to a a friend and about what I was doing, and they said, "You you might want to come over here and and do this for us here at Aetna. And so I went to Aetna, and and they loved it. They loved it. I just did this really free form tech tip session with them. And then the next person that we bumped into was someone at Capital One. And all of a sudden they said, can you train the entire organization? <laughs> and that was just, I fell off my chair. I really did. So I, I guess we uncovered a, an unmet need, but I am uh, so I'm a fat person fascinated by, uh, you know, working smarter, not harder. Um, and I've got a wonderful family here in Guilford, Connecticut, and I love to write books and help people out. And that that's, Truly, where I get my greatest satisfaction in life is helping other people, you know, achieve more in theirs. Oh, I love that. Well, and I am just chomping at the bit. So, what is TQ? Well, what I realized was that there was no effective way to measure a person's tech proficiency or even to think about it, except to say that they're really good with technology or they're really good with Excel or something like that. And so I thought it was strange because. In the training world, we measure so many different kinds of things, whether we're getting some type of a 360 analysis or review or assessment, or we're figuring out what Myers-Briggs or DISC personality type we are, or we're just simply trying to uh, score high on some type of test to move to the next level of our career. But when it comes to tech proficiency, 
upon which just about all of our success is somewhat reliant, we don't really have an effective way to define who's who in this huge mix of people at uh, virtually every organization in the world. And so we know that there's a huge digital skills gap that's been identified uh, in most organizations. They know that their competitive uh, ability to compete in the, in, in, the, in the world is highly, highly uh, dependent on their people's ability to use technology in an effective way. And yet, uh, has anybody really talked to anyone about what your tech type is and given you an ex- explanation about that? And, uh, and I, I kind of realized one day that I was meeting people with different tech type profiles, but had no means of measuring that or figuring out or analyzing that for people that I hadn't met. So that's where this whole idea sort of took hold. I love it. So it sounds almost like TQ is going to become just as important as IQ or EQ. Yeah. Yeah. So I think of emotional intelligence and how it helped me to learn about my own personality. And I think about learning more about uh, every aspect of every job I've ever had. And then I thought, wow, if IQ is important, I think of that as your business IQ, your, your knowledge that you have to do your job. EQ being your emotional intelligence, your ability to work well with others and inspire them versus demotivate them. I mean, there's all kinds of EQ issues and challenges. We're all always working on EQ, I think, all the time. Yeah. But if we could also add TQ to the mix, we have a pretty simple uh, formula for success. I work on my IQ, I work on my EQ, I work on my TQ or my people's IQ, EQ, and TQ. <laughs> and I have to measure that, though. I have to figure out a way to define and identify. Uh, what their TQ is so that I can then improve it and, and, and show who's working harder to improve it and who's making more progress and who might be in a position to help some of our, our less tech savvy colleagues. So all of a sudden, uh, we had identified these four really interesting profiles. And, and from there, it all just sort of took off and, and led to the book and, and uh, talking about it sort of globally. So we're, we couldn't be more excited about the moment in history that we're in and then COVID came along. Sadly, it came along. But the effect of COVID on us was that everybody started talking about tech proficiency and yeah. virtual skills and digital, you know, digital know-how, digital dexterity. A lot of people are calling it these days. Well, now, before we get into the four profiles, which I'm really interested in finding out more about, how did you come up with an idea to measure? I mean, can you share more about how you came up with that idea to measure people's TQ and how did you how did you create this measurement system? Well, it, it was first of all, it, it was absolutely something that I had been thinking about for a long time. That I would meet people, some that resisted technology, and said, "I have two left feet when it comes to dancing with technology," <laughs> you know. And I just not and and by the way, the vast majority of people said that. And then you'd meet this person that was so far down the the pathway of learning about a tech tool like Outlook or Teams or Excel, although Teams wasn't around back then, but these types of tools, they were so far ahead of everybody else. That's just a different kind of person. And, and I said, boy, it would be great if organizations could identify this because most of the organizations that we work with, these are the you know big global 1,000 companies, mid-sized companies, and some small ones too would say, I want to have some ambassadors for this stuff that you're teaching us. Because I was teaching them about how to use email uh, more effectively, how to all these little tips and tricks that are buried and hidden inside of Windows and your browser and uh, Excel. And, uh, and so what I realized was there was no effective way to really figure out who should be that ambassador. 
And so we came up with a sort of a, a series of questions and that, that ended up be, it, it helping us identify these tech types. And, and from there, it just, uh, it just kind of really took off uh, from that one basic grain of an idea. Oh, I love it. So, so what are the four tech types then? Well, if you can imagine, if you're listening to this, if you can imagine a quadrant, a system with four squares in it to identify those four profiles and a vertical axis uh, and a horizontal axis. And so what we realized was that people might say that they knew Excel or they had worked with Outlook or something like that. But the questions that they were asked weren't, uh, do, do, do you know how to use, create a pivot table or do you, have you created a, a more than one or two rules within Outlook or, or your email or Gmail or whatever e- email system you use. So the first access, uh, we think of this as the vertical access, uh, identifies your specific use of a set group of, of tech best practices. You know, do you create templates that you can replicate for important text that you need to use over and over again, for example, or can you create a template and produce that template in seconds? when you're holding a certain kind of meeting. Uh, and so we started to realize that uh, most people could not, but that these were incredibly useful things. So the first thing that we're looking for fairly obviously is the, the tendency for people to use uh, tech best practices. And so we said, you know what, what are the tech best practices? And there really isn't anyone who I think has identified the kinds of things that represent tech best practices. So we said, well, we better do that. And it turned out to be things like advanced search techniques for advanced email search or advanced Google search, uh, creating templates in Microsoft Word or Outlook, uh, uh, things like interruption management strategies so that you don't get interrupted all the time. Do you do these things? So we began to ask these things in a question uh, and we realized there was something missing. What we weren't figuring out was why do some people and people in learning and development, I bet you lots of folks at ADT, ATD, um, uh, probably fall into this category, they're actually really excited or interested or capable in terms of sharing these best practices with other people. So what we realized was some people are what we call silo stars. Maybe we'll talk about that person first. The silo star is the person who ha- uses a lot of these best practices. Oh, I create templates. I do all the, I use advanced search techniques. I do all of these things to work better, smarter, and faster but I never share them with anyone. <laughs> it's not my job or I'm an, I'm an introvert or, you know, so we asked them, well, why? And it was really, you know, I'm an introvert. It's not encouraged. No one ever told me that would be a good thing for me to do. So there's a lot of reasons why that silo star is this, this master of technology sitting in, in his or her silo. And that's a, a, a resource that could, uh, you know, help organizations dramatically you know, improve their performance. And yet those people are sort of not encouraged to do that. So we realized that was one profile and that person would be in the upper left-hand corner. And and let's in your mind, as you're looking at these four quadrants, just go straight down from that silo star. The person in that lower left-hand quadrant would be the person who is scores fairly low on the use of those best practices. And also like the silo star doesn't share the stuff that they know or doesn't even want to think about sharing tech best practices <laughs> with anybody. And we call that person the emerging techie. And that's where 65% of, uh, of the world's workforce is, is at. Vast majority of people don't have time or haven't really figured out or haven't been curious about it. 
or just been so darn busy, you know, haven't been uh, encouraged to do this to discover more about their their technosphere, as we like to call it, to go out and explore what's hidden uh, behind all of these little things that you see. There's lots of clues in this kind of hunt for uh, productivity treasure. Those little three dot buttons that we see all over the Microsoft world, a gear icon, a nine dot button icon in the world of Microsoft 365. There's little hidden features under all of these things. So the emerging techie uh, is is a great place to be actually because we base uh, our TQ um, awards and and recognition on the most improved. So it doesn't matter where you start with TQ. It only matters where you progress to. And it's easier to progress for the emerging techies because they, they are literally instantly picking up these new uh, techniques that we share with them. And so that's that's the first quadrant. So let me let me just pause, Chris, and ask you this question. Um, did those first two, did I describe those well enough that in your mind you can picture those two things, Christina? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. And And actually, I was just going to ask before we get to the other two. Are there some practical tips uh, for each of these groups to improve? Like I'm guessing, like the emerging techies, they could probably just schedule discovery time into their calendar. Yes, exactly. So if you if you gave that advice to a silo star, they'd kind of look at you funny, like, I'll take care of that. I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So so you're already hitting on the the thing that we get the the, the gold mine that we hit when we start to think of these tech types. We, we're not boring the heck out of the silo star with the emerging techies initial, uh, you know, introduction to tech tips. So we created learning pathways that are different. You're absolutely right. Uh, we give uh, we give the emerging techies a lot of great advice. Like for example, think of yourself as an explorer. Find a tech mentor um, and get that person to open up mm. to you. Um, we, we also encourage them to create monsters. Uh, and uh, do you know what a monster is, Christina, in the tech uh, in the tech world? I don't. <laughs> well, I, I made that one up. So I guess that was an unfair, <laughs> that was a, a leading question for me. But I said, you know, when I began to realize that I there was a lot of great features within, say, PowerPoint, right? I, I, I realized that I wouldn't use a feature unless I thought of an application for it. But it, since I didn't know what the features really were, I couldn't think of things to do with them. It was a chicken or the egg type of scenario. So building a monster means for any tool, but let's use PowerPoint as an example because it's visual. You create a slide and you insert everything that you can insert into that slide until it looks so disgustingly screwed up <laughs> that it looks like it's a monstrous creation of horror. But what happens in that uh, that little play discovery is that you realize, oh, wow, you know, I encourage everybody to do this. You get to maybe insert icons. So you can picture a PowerPoint uh, slide and you click the insert button on the top horizontal toolbar and go look at what's under icons if you haven't done that lately. Microsoft is packing great stock photos in there. Uh, They've got pictures of people that are in that ping format where they have 47 different poses for a hundred different characters are now in there, which is so useful in the learning and development world. This is, this is uh, Andy looking angry. This is Andy with his <laughs> thumbs up. You know, we all need those sort yeah. of uh, before and after scenarios with what we do. Well, they're all in there now. So building a monster uh, allows you to find all the hidden features of a particular tool in record time. It's actually kind of fun. It's it's becoming a kid again and, and uh, you know, playing in the sandbox and having a blast, making something up that you don't 
need to worry about the quality of it. You're just trying to figure out what are the features that I don't know about. And once you find them, you suddenly are going to be better with PowerPoint. So that's another bit of advice we give to uh, our emerging techies. I love that. I'm adding that to my calendar tomorrow (laughs) to go play and create monsters. I love it. Yeah. Create a monster. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Any Uh, suggestions for the silo before we move to the other two? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So the silo star, you know, everybody, we kind of give them a mantra coming in and a mantra going out, right? So the silo stars mantra is, you know, I'm keeping this to myself. And, and sometimes that's very intentional because they, they do realize it gives them a productivity advantage. You want to see the value of learning about technology, find a silo star and say, hey, what if I told you tomorrow you couldn't use your Outlook rules or your, your advanced apps that you can insert into your teams? Uh, or you couldn't use pivot tables in Excel, and they will look at you uh, as if you just uh, you know rob rob the bank that they run. You know you took you took you're taking their life savings. They know that this stuff works, and uh, they they can't live without what they've set up. It helps them stay organized and prioritized and, and effective. Uh, uh, so, but the advice for the silo star is to really think about this. Let's address your number one objection, your number one objection to sharing stuff with other people. I just don't have time and I'm an introvert. (laughs) Those are two of the things that they'll say when we interview them. And I think that's pretty valid. So what we show them is that with technology, the thing you love the most, you can share things uh, with people without it taking up a lot of time. And, And in the book, The Hamster Revolution for TQ, we have a great little example where Cal, who's the silo star sort of person in that book, makes this objection. And so uh, what, what he's, there's a coach there that's helping them along. And the coach says, well, well why don't you do this? Uh, you, know, you know these three cool ways to create templates in Outlook. Why don't you uh, just uh, do this first? Uh, uh, click, go open up a PowerPoint slide, click insert and screen recording. Uh, and if you do that in a desktop version of, of PowerPoint, I know not everybody is on Microsoft. Some folks are on, on Google Docs, but it's a pretty cool, cool example. Because if you click on insert in PowerPoint and go way to the right, there's a screen recording feature that a lot of people haven't found yet. And it's fabulous for creating a quick video that's instructional in nature. So they love that little tip because usually they haven't found it. So in 60 seconds, they've created a how-to video for their colleagues. And all they have to do is basically send them the link to that PowerPoint slide. And they've just taught some people. So in the book, against his objections, uh, the main, this main silo star character does this. And the CEO who's in the meeting sends it out to 10,000 of his fellow employees wow. who then, who then realized that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread in the world of productivity. <laughs> and she, it took him all of three minutes to do it. So it's kind of a fun example. So that's what I would say to silo stars. Let's explore the screen grab, screen capture, um, particularly screen video capture technology that's easy, fast, and fun to learn and use. Share your wealth with others by, by just creating something that can be clo- you know viewed over and over again by a multitude of people. And then you can be more than just a silo star. You can be a star. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you can move to the, the, the you know, the, the ultimate uh, uh, quadrant, which is the upper right hand corner, Ooh. Uh, you know, and, and that would be the tech spurt. Um, but maybe I'll talk about the calm coach, which is the, the person who's got really great coaching abilities. A lot of folks in learning and development have this great ability to teach and to share and they, they love doing it. But the only thing they're missing is a little game plan of, well, what should I specifically be showing people to be great at uh, uh, sharing 
technology to, 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 be, to have a higher TQ. And so we walk them through a series of great best practices that they can utilize. And uh, they tend to learn these very quickly. Uh, and so a lot of the comm coaches are uh, learning and development folks who love to teach. Uh, they're also, in a lot of cases, uh, millennials who maybe they were on Google Docs uh, when they were at a university uh, and they got switched over to a Microsoft system. Maybe they had a Mac and they got switched to a PC. Maybe they were on Gmail and they got switched to Outlook. So they're very tech savvy and very comfortable with technology, but they got just got thrown into a whole different atmosphere, really, environment. Uh, so, uh, so they're quick learners. And so long story short, that comm coach category, all they need to do is work on their ability to kind of hone in on the top 10 most, of, most exciting to share tech tips uh, that make people say, wow, which is all of our favorite word. Let's face it. Anyone who's in learning and development, your favorite word is wow. I didn't know you <laughs> could do that. Wow. That's really helpful. So we give them 10 wows and we say, just try to, try to practice these a bit and try to find some folks that you can share these with. And they very quickly evolve you know, into being people who are fantastic at sharing technology ideas and concepts. And, uh, and so that's the third quadrant, the calm coach. They're calm, cool, collected when it comes to sharing technology. They just don't know those tech tips that we, we, we ask them about in the TQ assessment. So we call that the TCAT, by the way, the TQ assessment tool. Uh, 60 questions uh, that measure your your tech proficiency. I um, love that. So, you can uh, you can pair the calm coach with the silo star too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're different people. They're yeah. very different people. One person saying this is not my thing. It's not my job. I don't like to do that. The other person saying I can't wait to get in the game. You give me the ball. Just tell me what what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. So I was meeting all these folks in all of my keynotes that I'd been doing around the world. You know, I've been to Africa and Europe and uh, all over the world, uh, basically uh, talking about technology. And I'd meet all these different people. And every once in a while, I'd bump into the fourth type of person, which was the tech expert. And that was always fascinating. This would be a person that said, I knew every single thing that you showed us. I knew every <laughs> single one. I'm trying to, not trying to embarrass you. But you missed a couple <laughs> really good things. And I would be like, first, I'd be a slightly a taken aback. And then I started to realize these people are it. They are what everyone should be striving to be. They were almost always top leaders. They were really beloved by their people because they love to share all kinds of insights, not just technology. They're really, I think, the future of work in terms of what we need people to be, at least. Most of our people have to be heading in this direction. So they had a lot of knowledge. But here's what they would always say every time. I, I knew every single thing that you showed us, but you showed me different ways to use those tools. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of this. That could really help my team. So they were very knowledgeable, yet very humble in many ways because they realized that, uh, that there was still a lot to learn. I mean, usually they would say, here's actually what they would really say. They'd say something like, I knew 90% of what you showed us, but those three things that you shared that I didn't know, that was worth the price of coming here, worth the time. Aww. Because they could see how a, a great tech tip that you use every day, maybe even every hour, that's a great investment to go to a training session to find that. So these folks who are tech experts, they're great at sharing. They learn technology naturally. 
they, they're great leaders and they're cheerleaders for uh, TQ. They get everybody thinking that it's cool to be great with technology. You know, um, I'm not sure, Christina, would you say, are you're good with technology? Would you say you're, how would, how do you feel about your tech proficiency overall? Ooh, I would say I'm, I'm between probably, well, I would say maybe a tech expert, but definitely still a lot more to learn, more to yeah. discover. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, the tech experts that, that category is always very humble. You know, it was oh. kind of interesting. I've met, I've met more emerging techies that thought they were brilliant with technology and, and incredible with technology than I've met tech experts that think they're great with technology. Because I think the tech experts actually understand there's just, there's an infinite amount of technology yes. to learn about in our environment. <laughs> yes. And even Microsoft 365, for example, which many, 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 many professionals uh, work with these days, well, there's so many additional apps that are free as part of that suite of, of apps, uh, but you can only find them when you go to the office.com Microsoft 365 homepage. Yeah. So part of our exploration activities are to go there. We'll take a little field trip and we'll all go to this, your homepage. And some people have never even been there because they're just using the desktop version of the tool. So there's all kinds of, uh, of uh, productivity uh, uh, digital tools that are that are out there waiting for us. So, so the yeah. tech expert tends to be really, really humble and and open to learning more, and they will find something to learn from the emerging techie in, in many cases, which is kind of cool. They'll find oh, something there with everyone. Yeah. Well, and every day there's changes in the software that we thought we knew. <laughs> so it's constantly rediscovering, <laughs> which I find uh, enjoyable. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a convergence, yeah. really. Uh, it was COVID driving people into a more virtual environment. It was, like you said, upgrades and updates to existing technology, and then brand new tools being introduced that will cut the time of doing something in half. So it is pretty amazing where we're at right now. It's I think we're at that we're no longer at that point where we can say I'm just not good with technology, and uh, that's just who I am. I, yeah. I think we're now at the point where we have to say. We did a survey and something like 93% of all of these thousand people that we surveyed said that, you know, in the future of work, learning and adopting and leveraging technology is going to be one of the most crucial success factors that there are. And I, I agree with that. Huge. Well, and along those lines, final question before we get to rapid fire, what uh, awareness do us TD professionals need to have in regards to TQ? Well, I think that we need to identify it. I mean, I think in the book, what I try to do is I think for the first time, I'm, I may be wrong about this, but to really create a way of thinking about it, the two quadrant, you know, the two sort of uh, X, X, X and Y axes with, with TQ knowledge and, and uh, TQ coaching and sharing being the two ways to identify it. I think what we have to realize is we're behind on this so that most organizations are trying to actively boost digital skills by making training available to people, but really before that training can be effectively absorbed, understanding the tech types that your people have is really critical because you will be boring that silo star or trying to push an emerging techie to do something they're not comfortable with because it's too far down the road of their progress. So there really has to be separate learning pathways. And, and that's what we've done. We've developed a sort of end-to-end -end experience that people go through, taking the TCAT, going through a, you know, a learning process where there's real assignments to learn and discover and, you know, improve your TQ and then taking the TQ, TQ assessment tool, the TCAT again, that, to understand what kind of progress you've made. And that can be something you do every year. So 
I guess what I want people to know is tech types are real. Uh, you know, we, we've, we have developed one way of thinking about them, but uh, thinking about TQ is really critical. And the last thing I would say is we developed a definition for it, which I probably should have started with. But um, if you are still interested after listening to this uh, interview, it, we define TQ as the ability to strategically, continuously learn about your technology environment, then leverage it in the real world in which you work and share that knowledge with others. I love that. I do too. Gosh, I mean, I, I have probably three pages of notes now on things that I want to think more about and consider more as I'm working with others. I mean, this has just been incredible insight. Thank you so much. And I'm thrilled, actually, that we are not quite ready to let you go yet. At the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests five rapid fire style questions. And each of those questions requires under 60 seconds to respond. So what do you say, Mike? Are you ready for some rapid fire? <laughs> I'm really nervous now. I can't wait. <laughs> I promise the lead in is way harder than actually getting through the questions. But let's go ahead and start with our first one for you. Give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. Well, I think that for me, the book that impacted me the most in my entire career was called The Fifth Discipline uh, ah, by Peter Singe. I think yeah. it was Peter Singe. And this book was just about how the world is a series of interlocked systems, basically inter integrated systems. And if you look at things in an absolute kind of way, you miss the ability to improve those things or to head off a disaster. Mm -hmm. So that is my favorite book because. It made me think about everything, including where I put my socks and my, you know, my clothes <laughs> in my closet. Hey, that's a system. I just walked around my world, suddenly seeing the world as this system and a series of inter interlocking systems. And of course, then I looked at the our laptops and stuff like that. All of that became a system. I realized, oh, it's like a digital factory. It's like a system of production with inputs being your email and your raw materials being your documents and your output being your decisions and and reports that you create and things like that. So suddenly it all came to life for me and it allowed me to have, I think, a higher level view that allowed me to get to this TQ concept. Oh, that's great. It's one of my favorite books too. So glad oh, you cool. mentioned that one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next up, give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. Uh, Microsoft Planner. Microsoft mm. Planner is a really cool tool. And I think we're just scratching the surface of what this tool can do. Uh, Microsoft Planner can be uh, integrated into Teams. Uh, and again, I apologize if folks are all not on the Microsoft world, but this is a really unique, uh, great tool because it considers our human brains, which like to look at the world in terms of chunks. And so it's a task, basically a task completion tool that can be used solo or for teams. And it's just create, you create buckets for those tasks. So if you're on a team, you can create a, a bucket for the implementation tasks that have to be done and the budget, you can create a bucket for the budget stuff and the creative stuff that has to happen, assign those tasks to different people. And you can sort and sift through that stuff in about five different ways. And you can learn how to use this tool in, you know, half that I have, I do a whole class on it. It's the, it's fun and webby and click and draggy, and you can do a lot of great stuff with it. So I would say if you're in the Microsoft world, uh, Microsoft Planner is a pretty cool tool to check out. Have to agree with you. I've actually started using it with a client as well and have been pretty impressed so far. So another good selection. 
I'd say you're two for two right now. Oh, All right. <laughs> so what is the best piece of talent development related advice you've ever been given? I'm just going to pause here because I thought of something and let me just try to remember what that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. Here it is. This is going to be lame. This one's my lame one. Okay. It was, um, it was, uh, uh, follow the, uh, art- articulate e-learning blog <laughs> that a guy, oh. named, a guy named Tom writes and I, I, and make it a one click button option on your phone. So you can, you can actually like link to any web page on your phone. It's part of T- our TQ classes to show people how they do that. And I link to Tom's rapid e-learning blog because it really is great about, you know, if you're anything that touches on e-learning, how people learn, how people think, how to, how to design stuff. And it's free. It's really great. It's great. And, uh, it's, it's one of the, the, the more, um, well laid out art, you know, blogs that I think. So I guess that's what I would say. I would direct you there because I use that as a means of constantly getting better at what I do, which is create a lot of virtual training uh, all the time. I really like that. That's great. Okay. What is one thing that you are excited about as we look ahead to close out 2021 and get into 2022? Well, I'm certainly, you know, very excited to see hopefully a, you know, that the, that everything continues to improve for us from a healthcare point of view. I have to mention that it's just important. I know uh, that in the long run, I hope we can all work together to create a healthier world. Uh, But, you know, as far as one thing that I'm just couldn't be more excited about, uh, it it is basically that we're launching a a learning platform uh, called Get Control University into which we've integrated that end-to-end solution so that um, we can very efficiently train people. And our launch date is coming up very soon in, in about a month. So we're really excited about, I'm just, I've never been this excited in my entire career about anything, but this is something that uh, customers are going into and saying, this is crazy. When can we switch over to this? <laughs> and, oh. and so that's been really exciting. So I would say it's GCU or Get Control University because it actually has a me- method of TCAT, you know, the T. Q assessment tools built into it. Oh, that's exciting. Well, we're excited for you about that. That is wonderful. <laughs> All right. Last question. What is one thing within our talent development industry that you are deeply grateful for right now? Well, I owe pretty much everything. Um, I guess the, the going back to your TD related advice, I yeah. would say that the best piece of advice I got, even better than the one I mentioned now that I think about it was when uh, Vicki, uh, Halsey, who, who works at, at, uh, at, uh, Ken Blanchard company said, uh, 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 you've got to join ATD. You've got to go to this, this conference. You've got to show up here and, uh, you've got to be a big part of it. You've got to make ET, ATD part of how you learn about the training world. Because Vicki was the co-author of my first book. I wasn't in the training world. I was this tech savvy person writing this book to help people manage their email before it managed them. And Vicki introduced me to ATD. It, it was the game changer. Uh, that's where we found all the ideas, all of the resources, you know, all the great people along the way that have helped us learn. We could never have done it without ATD. I, I get choked up when I think about how, how if we hadn't been going to the conference that Vicky recommended we go to, which is the big global conference, which we've gone to for, for, I think the last 15 years, mm-hmm. we would not have been successful. We, it, it, it was a way to learn everything we needed to know about the, the world of training and development and not just, uh, how to find customers, but how to do it, you know, how to tr- do it. And so uh, I would say, um, I'm, I'm grateful beyond words 
uh, for Vicky's advice there to go and and dive in to the ATD world. Oh, that is great advice. I also support her advice. I think she is absolutely right. <laughs> and we are so glad that you did indeed jump into this world. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, Mike, before we close out, I understand you have an announcement for our listeners. Hey, we have uh, this wonderful opportunity for people since we are launching the TCAT, the TQ assessment tool. If you're interested in experiencing this for yourself and going through a learning pathway and perhaps providing us with your feedback, we, if you'd like to take the TCAT for free, uh, just get in touch with us, email us at info at getcontrol.net and you can go through the process, which is a, 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 a wonderful process and see what it's like and find out what your TQ profile is and what to, and get great advice on how to boost your tech proficiency, your TQ over time. So my, that's it. We'd love to have you as part of our, our world and of uh, helping everybody boost their TQ and helping everybody get more done and have more fun at work. Oh, what a great opportunity. I hope people take advantage of that. <laughs> Yeah. What a great uh, conversation. Thank you so much for uh, letting me be part of this. Oh, yeah, so much. And thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. Yeah, anytime. And would love to come back and do it again. And I and, uh, would love to love to see you all and uh, spend a fair amount of time uh, just uh, down in D.C. doing stuff. So I would, would uh, hope, hope to see you guys live someday, too. Oh, that would be awesome. And a thank you to my co-host as well. This was fascinating. Thank you, Mike. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you've taught us all something probably fairly new, but just so essential. So thank you so much for walking us through this and really getting us thinking today. Well, thank you so much. It was really my pleasure. And, uh, you know, um, I, I really had, I could really feel like a lot of energy here with this particular group of people. I think you guys are, are great at what you do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> And many thanks to our community for listening. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. We have a lot of great events each month for you to connect with fellow DCATDers. Go to dcatd.org to sign up for one today. Want to network with other chapter members? Join the Metro DC chapter of ATD members on LinkedIn today.